You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. One losing streak finally ends. The Flyers are playing decent but they're facing another losing streak on their hands. Let's talk about it all right now. This is the Orange and Backcheck Podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. It is episode 133 of Orange and Backcheck. Thank you so much for listening. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and DraftKings Sportsbook. Well, they ended one losing streak. They ended it. They're back on the winning run winning side of things and then now they've lost to Tampa a tough hard-fought game against the Devils which has stirred up a lot of controversy uh in Flyers Twitter and the Flyers universe uh thanks to John Tortorella once again gotta love it and uh Chuck Fletcher spoke also with his delusional self um to some extent so we'll see Scott what's going on man how are you Man, I'm great. Listen, I went to the Birds game last weekend. Obviously, you and I caught up there. It was great. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I saw the preview for um, The Last of Us. It's coming on HBO in uh, in, in January. I cannot did you play wait the for that. Game? Did you play The Last of Us um, game? Actually, uh, I did about, I would say roughly about two years ago I, I played it. But uh, I just went ahead and um, got Ooh. the uh, Last of Us Part 1 for PS5. Nice. Yeah, I think this is. It looks very good. Looks amazing. Uh, Pedro, it looks very Pedro close Pastel to the game. Is the lead actor? Um, this feels like. Did you watch The Walking Dead? Yeah. yeah. This is feels like this will be what The Walking Dead should have been, Correct. especially because it's on HBO, so it gets its little um, free reign in terms of what they want to do in terms of gore, language, dialogue, all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, I'm excited. And and that comes out in January. That comes out next month. Yeah, it does. And I'll tell you what, what a couple minor things that I saw in it that I thought was really neat. So for those who haven't played the game, I'm not going to give any spoilers. Obviously, yeah, I have not played the uh, game, by the way. Okay. All right. That's fine. You, you should. I mean, you need a PlayStation, obviously, to do it. You, I highly re- It's one of the best games I've ever played. No joke. Like, even before they redid it again for the third time. <laughs> um, but it, it's worth it. But the point is... At there, at the, where I'm at now, in the game because I, I I go through the journey every couple of years of these storyline games. Yeah, I I I went and I'm at a place now where you go through like a museum and you meet and there's some clickers there as you'll, you'll find out when you watch the show. And during the trailer, I'm seeing oh my god, they're in that museum with and it's it's like so close. And I'm thinking to myself like you know there's clickers in there. This is this is going to be closer to the game than people think because they're always like oh yeah when you get to a game and you adapt it for TV. Some of the little stuff I've seen, I'm like, this is going to be closer than people think. I, I think it's going to be an excellent series. I'm looking forward to it much more so than, you know, the Flyers. Yeah, you know up. what? It's funny. The Last of Us is not just a video game. It's the description of the Last of Us Flyers fans that are still following this <laughs> team day by day. Because that's that. It, it's every beat reporter from Charlie O'Connor to us as a lowly podcast. Like, we're the only ones, everyone in between th- those two. Uh, from COC to us, we're the only ones left covering this goddamn team, trying to make sense of it. And 
I mean, look, let's start with the good. I do want to start with the good because there was some good this week. Obviously, ended the, the losing streak. Um, it felt like it was, it, it, I mean, playing the Islanders, that was a good win. I, I thought it was a nice 3-1 victory. It didn't feel like the game got out of hand in the sense of like feeling like they were on the, their back heels uh, the entire game. So especially down late or up late, I should say, um, when they were trying to cash it all in and end it. And yeah, I, 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 and then the good with these last two losses, I mean, Tampa aside, I mean, Tampa's Tampa. I mean, and honestly, the Devils are on, and now they're 24 and one. Like it's, uh, it's an absurd record what they have in a hot start. So, I mean, they're, they're two of the best in the East right now. And you play toe-to-toe with them. I mean, a one-goal loss in, uh, the other night against the, the Devils. And then... Uh, uh, two. Two. They lost 3-2. They lost 3-1. 3-2. 3-2. You're right. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'm an idiot. Yeah, you're Devils, right. 3-2. Yeah. Uh, the Tampa was 3-1. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. 4-1. Sorry. sorry. There we go. 4 So, yeah, never mind. Yeah. So, it, it was... It, like, the good is that they're playing what, to the skill level, I thought they would be. Especially now that Konechny's back. Um... Ristolainen came back after missing a game. I think he missed, but it was just nice to see players returning and them actually making an effort to just want to play hockey. Like, I feel like they don't want to play hockey on some nights where they're just lazy and causing bad turnovers. And we'll talk about the Carter Hart thing um, that really cost them the game the other night against the Devils. But honestly, good week overall, despite the losing streak now that's at two games. You know what? There's a lot to unpack with it because you're right. Tampa is Tampa, but even like what Tortorella said after the game, they just, they, they didn't have it. They basically, with that saying, it, he just basically said the team didn't have it. And there's going to be games like that. And he even said, there's going to be games like this. It's just, you know, you're in an 82 game season. There's some games where you're just not going to have it. And that was one of those games. And it wasn't like, you know, they were, Completely outplayed. It was one of those nights where, especially that goal where it came from center, where it went off the boards, Carter Hart pushes back into the RVH, and it goes off his his, his pad, his skate, and then the net. That just doesn't happen to when your things are going right. So, like, it was just one of those fluky things where, like, okay, it's just one of those nights. It happens. Okay. You respond excellently with the Devils. And, yes, you know, it was... They, I thought they played well against the Islanders. The Islanders left some chances on the table, and they 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 were able to get some goals on um on Ilya Samson. I'm sorry, um Ilya Sorokin, uh, who actually is has been one of the better goaltenders in the league this season. And then you respond on Saturday after a tough loss against Tampa, and play and hold them. I think to four or six shots just in the first period alone. And this it's and this is a team. It's a plus thirty six goal differential. I mean, it's 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 absurd. They didn't how, have a well, shot. From I think the for 17 minutes of game time from the towards the last like 10 minutes and change of the first period until their goal unfortunately like the the goal that uh, I think tied it up was the next shot that they had in the second period and and that was it like they played a sound defensive game and unfortunately that one shot was what tied it up and that was when things started to not fall off the heels but what got the devils back on their game. Yeah. And that's the thing is that, you know, Carter Hart too. you're, and I've always, I've said this in previous episodes before is that when you're not getting a lot of shots as a goalie, it's hard to get into a rhythm. It's just hard. You're following the play, but you're not seeing a lot of rubber. So your body, your timing's just a little bit off because 
you're anticipating too much, and then that's when players can really just rip you apart. That's what happened. And I don't think it happens so much with Carter Hart on Saturday. It's just a couple miscues just ended up at the back of the net, and it's one of those things where just they, they needed all the help they could get to begin with, and it just wasn't enough where you know your goaltending wasn't at the top of where it needed to be. I'm not putting the loss on Carter Hart. There's some miscommunication there. Um, but like... You know, which we'll get into a little bit about the press conference. There's a, there's a big reason in the press conference why I think that people need to kind of take a step back about certain things. Because th- this team is, it's not showing up on wins and losses. But, I mean, it's showing up in losses. But it, it's not showing up on the like, the record. But they're playing better than people think. And and I think that this team, they they have, there haven't been many games this season where they haven't had a chance to win this thing. I think maybe Pittsburgh last week and then again, again um, against... Um, uh, Tampa the other night were really only a couple games where I saw like, okay, they're just, they, they're not in it. They don't, they don't have a chance in this one. Um, they, they've been playing well overall. If you ask me though, as crazy as it sounds, they've been playing well defensively. They've been, they've been, they've been structured. They've been, they've been playing overall a good team game, but it's every time they make some sort of mistake, it's in the back of their net. And I think that that's the problem we're having right now. They need that growth. We need to be able to close games. It's honestly a simple answer. And it, it, and it's not well. They're banged up, and they're getting guys slowly and but surely back, like Lawton and TK. Is that they're not skilled enough? Like you can play, you can play as well as or as hard as you can in an eighty-two game schedule. You can play as hard as Tampa plays on an eighty-two game schedule throughout it. But at the end of the season, every year, Tampa will be a top three seed, uh, three team in their division, and the Flyers will not. Because the skill there is so different and so drastically different that it just levels out. It's why good teams rise to the top and mediocre teams like the Flyers that have have the heart, no pun intended for Carter, but they have the heart, and but they just don't match the skill set. And that's where Chuck Fletcher and Tortorella come in because they have to expedite it. I think Tortorella does a pretty damn good job. I think he is a very good coach in what the Flyers need at this point. It doesn't reflect what I thought earlier before they made the hire, but I've come to the realization of what Tortorella is and what he can provide for this team. The question mark is what does Chuck Fletcher provide to this team at this point? And it's not a lot. Like that's, that's what it comes down to. And that's why like these weeks uh, ahead where they're probably going to, they have a, they have a two game homestand remaining starting on Monday against the Colorado Avalanche, then Wednesday, and then they go on against Washington, and they go on, a, uh, I think, a five-game road trip. Like, there's going to be losses in there. Going to be a lot of losses in there. I just want to know, just like Tort says, I just want them to play well. I just want them to lay down the foundation. That's where I agree with him. And that's honestly where, and we'll get into this after um, we wrap up our weekend review, um, that that's where I think there is a major disconnect on the vision of this team with Fletcher and Tortorella. But I don't think that. And listen, I'll take a step back. You're right about the skill portion because look how look how bad it is when they play three on three. When they're in overtime, they can't compete. There, every time they go into overtime, I'm just waiting for it. You go into a shootout too, I'm just waiting for it. They don't have enough skill to be able to to do that. They just don't have enough. When you play five on five, it's different. They, you know, they. I thought that they have played overall pretty solid hockey this season. Now, let's go into another point of that with the schedule coming up. There's opportunity there because it doesn't matter because a game where 
Like, for instance, the Islanders just didn't have it when the Flyers beat them on, uh, what was it, Monday night? Uh, when they beat them on Monday night, they just they didn't have it. They just they, they missed on some chances. The Flyers were opportunistic and took advantage of it, and that's what happened. That can happen against good teams if they're playing down to their opponents. It happens from time to time. I don't think that I'm just going to write this off and say they're going to go on another losing streak. You, you still have to take something into consideration, which a bigger picture, which we'll get into with the vision in a minute. But they still have a lot of guys who are banged up on this roster. They don't have Sean Couturier. Okay, you're automatically disadvantaged. Now, Kevin Hayes has played much better, I thought, since Torts called him out a few weeks ago. I think he's played much better. Um, I think Morgan Frost has played better. I think Noah Cates is starting to develop into a better player. And they're, they're grinding games out. And they're grinding out. They're playing hard. Zach McEwen basically has reinvented himself from when you hear it from Tortorella's mouth. Um I don't necessarily think they're out. I just, I mean, Washington is very beatable. Washington is really not playing well at all. I think they're very beatable. You know, Vegas and Colorado, of course, they're they're great teams. But, you know, then you have the Coyotes, who are the Coyotes are surprising some people, and they're stingy. But at the same time, I think you can still beat a team like that. So I'm not the months. And you play the Devils so well, and you've already beat them once this season. I don't, I don't think that. You know, just because they go out of way, they close out a road trip against the Devils that they have a chance to to lose every chance, every game you have a good chance to go into, you can you can win it. But it, you have to also take into consideration the injury factor of you're talking about the vision. You're talking about the long term view of this team. Tortorella said earlier this week that this team is that they're they're we're building from the footers. We're not even at the foundation yet. I get that. Okay, but they're you could you it's not you know it, it's not they're kind of related in a sense where what Fletcher's saying is that we're only a couple points out of a playoff spot. I mean, he at the end of the day, he's right, like he's right. Because think about it if Couturier comes back in January, if Cam Atkinson can get healthy, if they get JVR back, and JVR, you know, it's going to take him a little while to get going again because it always does after he gets hurt with any player. But TK's already got two goals in his last two games, uh, so he's come back hot. So I look at this in situation and go, yes, there is an opportunity here. I, I think that people want to say, okay, you're, you're looking at a rebuild. Okay, yeah, you're basically are retooling and rebuilding your roster. I understand that. But also at the same time, part of that growth is still competing. You're not just going to throw into the wind because they're not tanking. This isn't a trust the process moment. This is simply just a team that is trying to rebuild and reestablish itself and they have some core missing pieces. So we're talking about when, when I think that Tortorella is talking about they're at the footers and not the foundation. They're trying to find players to build around, not including the guys who are out of the lineup. So that's the key thing is that I think that Fletcher's right and I think that Tortorella's right. And it's not one's right and one's wrong. It may not sound like they're on the same page, but you can't expect a guy like Chuck Fletcher to say, yeah, I think we're screwed. No, I look at it as we're seven points out. He's being optimistic. And Torres saying, we got a long ways to go. Okay, you do. But you're in the moment there. And, you know, you're 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 looking at this and saying, yes, I know we have a long way to go. But just because you get to the playoffs, that's a that's a step. He's not looking. He's taking it game by game. So my, my big thing is, is that it's not that Chuck Fletcher is out in left field. He's looking at it one way. Tortorella's looking at it another way. It doesn't mean they're conflicting by any means because at the end of the day, you're still factually only six points out of a playoff spot. Do you have a hard time getting there? Yes, but if you get players back healthy, stranger things have happened. So that's my point. So 
I don't I don't necessarily agree with the fact that, you know, the vision that people have talked about that they're out of sorts and out of sync and stuff. I just think that this team is right now in the middle and caught in the mud and they're trying to work their way out it and figure it out and start winning games, but they're not there yet, but they're also not completely out of it. And yes, it goes back to this whole thing we've been in the last 10 years, but you're you're building now you have a hockey mind in here who knows how to build a team. And you have a GM who's saying, "Hey, look, we have some right pieces and right places. We get healthy. This might help us. So I think some of this stuff is getting overblown. I don't think that they're dead in the water yet. I, I don't. I'm going to save my response. This episode is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 on pregame money line on any NHL, to- NHL team to win their game and you can get $150 in free bets if they win. And if that wasn't exciting enough, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with the same game parlays. Combine multiple bets like like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Take your chances. The Flyers are hosting the defending Stanley Cup champions in Colorado Monday night. Then they have Washington on Wednesday night. Take uh, Take the money line on the Flyers. You're already getting great odds, and you have a chance at winning $150 already. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes for details. Okay. So... As I said last week, we, the fans, were sold a bill of goods by Dave Scott, Valerie Camilla a little bit, if you want to include her, I will, and Chuck Fletcher, that they did not see this as a rebuild. They saw this as an aggressive retool. Then, under that aggressive retool, they went out and signed Tony D'Angelo, Nick DeLaurier, and a smorgasbord of other players. You're already knowing that you're not skilled enough. And then you signed a guy like Nick Deloria, who I've said several times on this podcast, I'm done with watching him try and fight just to get a, his only role in this team is to start a fight. Like that, 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 that's very old school hockey. But if you need that mentality and toughness, I think even Torella has praised him to get him. Fine. You want that? Go for it. But again, falls under the aggressive retool. Then you hire John Tortorella, who, despite in a few minutes, I'm going to lambast him for his actions after the Devils uh, podcast or podcast game, where he lasted less than a minute in the post-game press conference because all the questions were dumb by the beat reporters. But he also understands where this godforsaken team is. They are not even at the foundation. They are at the footers. So in one ear, Flyers fans are being told, we are not even at the foundation of this team. We're figuring out who is able to be built around. And then on the other side of that same coin, we're being told we're only six, seven points out of a playoff. At the time, we were told five points. To his credit, John Torella has never once, as far as I can remember, has said, 
we're a playoff team. We're fighting for the playoffs. We're getting to that. That's our objective. No. His objective is to build this team. Now, if one side of this, this coin is telling me that this is a complete and total building and establishing a foundation, establishing footers, who wants to be here? Who can we build around next season? Even you've said that, right? You've said this season has been about who wants to be here next year, and then you take off next year. On the other side, we have Chuck Fletcher telling me we're only five points out, now seven points out because you've lost two games in a row. Does that sound like two people that are on the same page? I just think there, there are different views on it. I don't think it's think about it's being complete, disconnected or not. I think it's a complete and total farce that we are expected to believe. The GM who actually hired this coach is on the same page with him. I think that is asinine. I think they are so far apart. I think there is a chance. I don't know if this. there's no... There, uh, Anthony Sanfilippo has reported um, by... Um, Around the trade deadline is when we should expect to see the fire and Chuck Fletcher because they're not going to trust him. I also don't think they're not going to, uh, they're going to trust any one of his assistant GMs, Danny Briere, Bill Fair, whoever. Well, I think Torch did say that Briere is a brilliant hot yes, mind. That's actually very true. I trust, I, uh, that's, thank you for reminding me of that because I forgot about that. I think. Torts is attaching himself to 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 Briere then. I think they're gonna I think they'll name Briere the GM, but it'll be Tortorella kind of pick, pulling the strings of that. It'll be a it'll be a mentor mentee type of thing. Because again, I'm praising him. I, I praise him before I'm gonna lambast him. Torts is the guy I trust to build this team right now. Whether that is in the coaching role, the GM role, hybrid mold, whatever, but like that's that's who I'm trusting, and that's who I think most fans trust. Because despite how blunt he is, he's also a realist. I don't think Chuck's a realist. I think he's trying to continue to sell a bill of goods under an aggressive retool, rather than what the reality is. Well, listen, but. Here is the reality, okay? Yes, as bad as this team has played and the fact that they're... They, they, I'm sorry, they haven't played bad. Let's put, no, they have not played, played poorly. Bad, but they're not skilled but enough to the, the, well, but consistent games. Yes, as of right now. Now, and that's the thing that I, I think that people are, are misconstruing here is that does Tortorella see that this team has to be built up? Absolutely. I would sit here and tell you that. That I think that this team still has a long way to go as far as... I will tell you that specifically because you don't know how some of these players fit into the long-term plans yet. You, you don't. Tortorella has even said that from the get-go, is that he needs to see these players. He can't go off the opinions of others and all that stuff. He has to see it, and he has to figure it out. And he's looking and saying, look, I told you that we're not going to name a captain. We're not going to sit here and go, hey, look, you know, we're going to do X, X, and X. Like he's saying, I got to figure it out. We got to build it. We're still building here. You can build and still make the playoffs. If you ask me, that's part of building a team. But it's is not that making sure likely. it it is not. It may, it may or may not. When it, Detroit it, but, tanked, they got screwed in the lottery that year. But they didn't win. Like they were actively tanking, and you knew it. Yeah, but this I don't think this team is actively tanking because if you had the players that were healthy, like Couturier, Atkinson, 
JVR. You know, let's just throw in there, for instance, Ryan Ellis. I don't think they get to a 10-game losing streak because ruled out for the rest of the season. Again, so that's my point is that I I don't think that they are tank. Again, if this team is healthy, they are a playoff team. I think that when you're talking about, and this is what people think, that people think that just building a hockey team is about tearing it all down and rebuilding up. There, there's more than one ways to do that. And part of like, look at, look at Colorado. Colorado is a great example because then like, for instance, you made the playoffs with a, you know, you got like Matt Duchesne and then you drafted Nathan McKinnon a few years later, you go and you went around to the playoff. I'm sorry. You lose around the playoffs against Minnesota. And then you had to fall back down a little bit because they were just that bad, but build it back up. And it took a couple years for them to get the Stanley cup. So the, the way I look at this is that part of this team building is that you're you're trying to first start with a structure and Tortorella's doing it. He's trying to build structure and accountability around the players. That's what he's talking about. He's not talking about play on the ice. He's talking about specifically the little things in the game, coaching the players, teaching them on video, looking at players and saying, "Okay, is this guy have a long-term fit here? Where's his problems at? You know, is this guy going to be a fit for our locker room and our team?" That's what he's talking about uh, building a team here. He's not talking about the players that are just available to him. He knows that he doesn't have enough skill to win right now. But at the same time, Fletcher's looking at this and saying, yes, we've had some bad luck with this. We know we're not that skilled. We know half of our team is in the is pretty much AHL players. But despite all that and losing 10 games in a row, you're only seven points out of a playoff spot. He's looking at the light at the end of the tunnel. They are talking about different things. I don't think it's anything about a vision. I think it's a Fletcher saying, look, despite everything that's going on right now and the fact that we lost 10 games, and not to save his own skin, he even said, quote, I understand the business. And he's had conversations with Dave Scott. So you look at this and, and it goes, he knows what the deal is. But at the same time, he's not doing it going out and saying, oh my God, like, I think we're going to be okay because I'm trying to save my job. No. What he's doing is saying, hey, look, yeah, things might look bad, but there's light at the end of the tunnel right there. And I think that as fans, people forget that because we're in Philadelphia. And Tortorella was right when he said that. Tortorella was right when he said that it's not going to take gimmicks. It's going to take winning to get this back in the building. He's 100% right. But you tell me, if this team manages to claw its way into the playoffs, do you think that building's going to be packed? That's going to be what people are going to be looking yeah, for. Yeah, I think it's going to be like a Philly situation where exactly, and, that, and that's the point. Towards the end of the season, but once you clinch the playoffs, it'll be there. But, 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 realistically, if we put out a poll, we should put out a poll honestly on our Twitter page. It's a smaller gauge, smaller, but it, it gives us something to base us on. When Chuck Fletcher said, "We're a team that's only five points out of the playoffs right now," how many percentage points wise? Of our fan base, if you said, asked 100% of the fan base and said, do you believe this man saying we're only five points out of the playoffs? What's the number of team people of fans that say, no, I don't believe it? Because uh, 98%. Yeah, exactly. That's, the, that's my point. That's my point of why you can't listen to Chuck Fletcher anymore. Like it's over. He is a lame duck GM at this point. He's literally a lame duck. He's not going to be... He's not going to be trusted with the trade deadline, according to reports. He, I firmly believe that despite being hired by him, Tortorella does not trust him. He's mentioned Danny Breer by name in terms of who a person he trusts. 
He has never, other than saying, oh, I talk with him every day or whatever the, the line is, just like Fletcher says he talks with Dave Scott every day. Like, okay, great. That's that's part of the job description. We all talk to our bosses at least once a day in our everyday jobs. It's part of the business, whether it's hockey or podcasting or HR relations. Like, it's literally all, like, everyone talks to their boss every day. It's not that impressive. Doesn't mean you respect them. Like, it, it, it really, it does not mean you respect them. It just means that that's what you are doing on a daily basis. So, like, if, if you were to, and again, let's get into this uh, 56 second, 57 second press conference of Tortorella, where you saw the bad of Tortorella, in my opinion. But at the end of it, if you are to be told, pick one, who do you want to build this team from the foundation and the footers up? It's going to be Tortorella over Fletcher because you can't trust Fletcher at this point, despite the relatively decent drafting he's done. I will give him that. But you can't trust him because he's giving away draft picks as, as, as well. If and tried to get the team better. Draft pick because you're, what you should have done was given away draft picks that you could have accumulated, not on Ristolainen, not on, like, or Ryan Ellis. You go for the big names in Johnny Hockey. But that is an argument that we've settled. It's whatever. That, that's the end of days. Do, do you remember what they traded for Ryan Ellis? Uh, do, you, do you remember? A first... I don't no, I don't think they traded first. No? They traded Nolan Patrick and Phil Myers. <laughs> they traded two busts for a guy who now can't play hockey this year. They traded the first for Risto. Yeah, which is I mean, it's still. I mean, look, and Risto, I mean, he's played better. I don't think that he's right where he needs to be. But look, here's how you have to look at this. Here's how you had to look. At oh, this. that's right, because I forgot because because uh, Nolan Patrick was immediately traded out to Vegas. I forgot to, about to that. Vegas, yeah. yes, for Cody Glass. Yeah. Here's here's what you have to keep an eye on, though. This is what this is what I'm telling you that people have to understand is that you're going to have difference of things between the coach and the general manager. Do do and, and the thing is is that and this is what I'm saying is that you're. You're, you're, you're not talking about the vision. You're talking about the status of the team right now. Like, he's saying, we've got a long way to go. He's been saying that for a long time. You're not going to have a situation where, like, hey, Vigneault, by Christmas, now we're playing great and everybody's happy and everybody's excited. We knew that going in, not with the injuries. You're, you know that. But it's Tortorella's responsibility to get the players that he has to play at the best level they can possibly do. Okay, which is why they waved Kiefer Bellows this week because he just they thought he needed a change of scenery, didn't work out. Long story short, you're looking at the teams all now. They have a lot they need to figure out because they need to figure out okay, how do these guys fit in here for the future? How do these guys fit in here? I'm not gonna sit here and, and continue being a broken record on that. But at the end of the day, when you look at the facts on paper, despite all of the problems they're having skill-wise for not having players available. They're still only seven points out of a playoff spot, and we're just past Thanksgiving. So, have they done it before? Have they done it before? They've done it before in the past. Yes. Is it likely? Probably not. But you can't say, yeah, we're seven points out. Sorry, guys. We're giving up now. You, you can't expect a general manager in the NHL to do that. You can't expect a coach at the same time saying, hey, look, guys, we lost 10 in a row. We won one. Woohoo. Let's yeah, go out and then, you know, the try to do that. Is Tortorella is not saying we need to get one and then we're back in playoff contention. He's saying, I just wanted to get one. 
Like, I just want to get back. On the yeah, when out. you're on a 10 game slide, absolutely. Tortorella is more of a realist, is what I'm like. Is really I, I don't I don't think that I don't think that Chuck Fletcher's in La La Land because if you look at the standings, he's right. If there's if there's deep, yes, you're right. There's deep rooted problems that you and I can see. But if you're looking at that, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Now, it is funny after the after the Flyers won on Monday night, I texted my buddy. I was like, "Hey man, they finally won a game." And then Connor Bedard had like some sort of highlight thing that he sent me. And he was, uh, he was saying, man, he goes, oh, my God, of course they did. You know, they have a great player that's going to be available, and they're not tanking. I said, dude, I said, they've won one game out of their last 11. They're not doing anything. So, like, that's the key is that, yes, they, they've won one game out of their last now, what, 13? So, yes, they, they, they've won one out of their last 13 games. But despite all of that, there's, it's still grabbing. And I think that it's important. Because this team is is different than it was last year as far as how they're playing hard. I think that for the sake of not the fans, but the general manager coming out and saying, you know what, guys? It's still there for the taking. That's a vote of confidence if you ask me. It's a vote of Despite, confidence, but how many players are going to be like, oh, yeah, Chuck Fletcher, I think he believes every, in I, me. I think everyone. I think I everyone. Think it, I, 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 think, I think every player has to look at this and say, look, yeah, things aren't going well right now. But it's still there. So that's something that they continue work for. And then next thing you know, you get players back. If Kateri's back after the calendar year, that's a huge help. Because come February, when you're in the grind of the season and really in the like, you know, like the, the doldrums of the season, that's when you can start picking up those points when teams are starting, you know, level off and you're starting to see the the separation. If they can keep their heads above water, they haven't now, haven't lately, but if they can, there's a possibility, which which helps build the team in field. I'm not saying that this team is going to go win a Stanley Cup this season. I'm not saying that at all. But if this team makes the playoffs, that would be a really good way to start continue to build the foundation of what you have because you know what parts you're going to have in place to get you there in the first place. That's the key. Before we wrap, I, I, I we have to touch on what happened at the end of the game, at the at, after the game uh, against the New Jersey Devils. It was the shortest press conference yet of Tortorella this is basically his MO at this point I mean he's known for these kind of situations when he's asked dumb questions or the team just didn't play well um and he does these are we done great see ya look um were some of the questions weak yeah fine like again I am not gonna lambast or get mad at Tortorella for not wanting to call out his guys because the easy targets were Nate Sealer and um, Carter Hart because of the, the go ahead goal for the devils that everyone in the room in the stadium knew that that was the problem. Like that was, those were the targets for that particular night. The problem I have is he's asked a decent question in, did you guys perform? Did you like the effort tonight? That's a very open-ended question. On, what did you think of the effort tonight? Okay, yes. You're just giving me a yes, and then just lambast the beat reporters and say, you're asking me really dumb questions, guys? Really dumb questions? We played our asses off? Okay, dude, tell us why. Like, this idea that we need to have these, like, investigative journalist-level questions ready to go at the end of every game is unrealistic unrealistic 
because post game is honestly pretty basic in what you're going to be asked. How did you like today? What did you hate tonight? How do you build off this? What do you go do from here? Who show who shined in there? You can sneak in a who did you think needed to improve tonight? He's not going to answer all of those, but those are the basic questions that you're going to get on an 82 game slate on from our beat reporters. You're going to get those in-depth ones after they do their own analysis. The beat reporters, I mean. They will then expand their questioning. I trust them because they're good at their jobs, just like Torts is good at his job. I had a real problem with this uh, Tortorella just going, you guys are asking me really dumb questions, really dumb questions tonight. We played our asses off. Like, I, I just... It's one of the things that I knew was going to be a crawl on my paw for this guy as a coach here, and it's and it's we're twenty five games in, and it's already happened. Sorry, a crawl in your paw? I forget where. I, is that a lying thing reference? <laughs> it might be. It might be. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, you know, man, you could say something like that really grinds my gears. You know what I mean? Fine, grinds there my gears. Yeah, you go. Look, okay, I get it. Okay, you, you and I do a podcast. We've been in that room. We we get it, okay? Here's where I'm going to push back a little bit. If you watch his pregame press conferences, they're very insightful. They're very good. Kyle Newby said that yeah, he did. on our Twitter he page. Yep, yep. And he's right. And he's Practicing absolutely right. Because he's very open. And if you heard after the game, I think it might have been Tampa. Excuse me for a moment. I actually think it was Tampa. Colin asked him a question. And... He Cortoro said it would be like, you know, I'm not even going to give a response to that. And I think that this is what it comes down to. There's two things because you have to take into consideration this. He's he's protecting his team at this point. Yep. He's protecting the team because he knows he's building something and he's trying to say, hey, look, he has to go into that room after that game and tell them you guys played your asses off. And this is one of those lessons where it's not about wins and losses. You can Play well, and you can play well and get ripped apart for not playing well enough. Or you can play bad, you can lose, and then be like, hey, man, you guys played really well. Like, it didn't work, but keep up that effort. And that's what he's trying to do here. So, in the fact that he has to continuously go back and answer the same questions after the last game, after the last game, like, for instance, you have to know how Tortorella likes, you know, as far as, the questions he he doesn't like anything off hockey topic. He wants to be related to the game itself. Nothing afterwards. He gets so fired up and so passionate about it is that he does not want to answer anything that can be deemed not related. Okay, so for instance, the first question was, did this game have a similar feel to you, the first Islanders game, where you guys put in an all-around strong effort and then a few lapses kind of bury him? And he didn't really... Yes, have an answer but, here's my but it, it, he doesn't want to go back to two games ago. He He's doesn't. talking about this That's game. That's fine. But the B reporter is trying to make a trend of how this team is playing. Like, that's the, how this works, man. They are building a trend. If the team is trending in a 10-game losing streak and then you finally won a game, how are you not going to build a trend? Okay. But she doesn't want to go back and listen. You don't want the coach listen, going back and say, You signed up yeah, to you, be the head coach of the Philadelphia fucking Flyers. You are going right. to be asked things that you're not going to like. The beat reporters are going to be told things that they're not going to like. But guess what? That's Philadelphia. That's the 
goddamn game you signed up for. Torts, if you didn't want to deal with this, you shouldn't have taken the job. Sorry. But, like, to say that these are all dumb questions is asinine. It's a coach being a dick just to be a dick. Speaking of being a dick. Anyway. But look, it is. It really look, I, annoys I me. And maybe it's because I pro- we know some of these people. I've We've been in that room, as you said. We know this industry. It's people trying to do a job. Torts Correct. Has, Torts has a job, too. Absolutely right. Torts has absolutely a job, right. too. I will give you that. I've given you that. He, right. He can. He will not call out Carter Hart. He will not call out Sealer. He will not call out anyone directly to the press. He will talk to them in, in private. That's fine. But you can objectively criticize and praise the team in a breath without being a douchebag. And that's where I'm like, I don't think as crazy as it sounds coming out of my mouth. I don't think he was being a douchebag about it. I don't, because I think you have to look at it under, under, underneath the surface. And I think that, yes, most people aren't analytical. Like, you know, you and I, where you kind of look at it as, oh yeah, yeah, he did this reason. Nah, I'm a little more analytical of that. There's a reason for that. There's a reason for that because that's a message for his team. Like, you know what? Don't let anybody tell you any differently about what happened. Like, you played your asses off. We made some mistakes. We're gonna learn from this one. And we're gonna move forward. So what? And that's exactly what he's doing. So if you were in the room, where would you? What would you have led a question with? Or how would you have built a story around this game against the Devils? What would you have asked him separate from what anyone else in that room had asked? Probably nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm that's not gonna lie. I I, 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 I wouldn't. No, I, I don't because you know the the way I look at this is that this is the this is his way. This is John Tortorella's way of protecting his team. Look, he you got to think of it from Tortorella's perspective. Perspective. He just watched his team play one of the best teams in hockey. Okay, limited them to six shots in the first period, and they still lost, even though they played a very good game because of a couple of mistakes. That's gonna be pissing them off because you know what? These guys deserve that win. They shouldn't have. He didn't come out and say, we know what we did. We did diddly poo, whatever the hell Jim Moore said years ago. The point is, he's going to say, you know what? Guys are asking me dumb questions. Like, I'm not going to sit here and, 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 and break down a loss where if you guys watched the game, you would have seen that they did play well. We got, we, we, we screwed up a couple times and that's it. But I'm not going to call those players out. I'm not going to call anybody out about the mistakes because it wasn't a bad game because I don't want to focus on that. I want to focus on the positives. And I think that this is his way of heading off of the fact that that you didn't want to start asking questions. People like, yeah, well, this guy didn't play well. That didn't play well. Well, I guess it didn't play well, even though you look at the tape and they played one hell of a frigging game, even though they just had a couple lapses that happened. And the Devils were opportunistic. That's hockey. But at the same time, you can't. You, when you have to get, are you happy with the effort of tonight? Yes. Those guys play their asses off. Are we done? That's all you need to know. You need to know is that they play their asses off. It didn't work out. Boom, we're moving on to the next one. Yes, I respect the fact that the beat writers have to do a job. I get it. I understand it. If I were in that room, I'd be probably sweating bullets like, I'm not asking a question. But, but, I would look at it this way. If I'm on the flip side of that and I'm drawing Tortorella, I'm already heated up that the game I should have won. You know what? I'm not putting up with this tonight. I'm out here because I have to be. But I know that team played well. We're trying to build something here. I don't need any questions about this, this, this. And especially, I think what, what probably triggered him was I saw you talking to the referee after the disallowed goal. Did you guys see anything you could have challenged for? No. And that's what he said. Come on. Like, I'm not going to go into detail for that. Does he ever go into detail for that? I understand 
The press has to ask those types of and questions. And that's his question about the game that just happened, which is what he wants, as we just talked about. But do you expect Tortorella to answer that? Like, say, no, because I'm not going to talk about that part. No, but because I, there are I, parts of the game he's not going to talk about. Maybe it. the wording was not the greatest, but like, you still go into like, what did you see on that play that caused you to say, no, we're not going to challenge this, or yes, we are going to challenge it. What did you see there? Like, I, I, again, the lazy. Argument, he said it wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't matter. That's why they didn't challenge. Yeah, I get I, like. I get it, like, the the fallback for a lot of anti, and I'm not calling you an anti-beat reporter, but, like, a lot of Twitter Twitter haters, a lot of Twitter haters were like, well, the beat reporters are watching the exact same game Tortorella is. Their analysis doesn't really need Tortorella's uh, question. It's like, that's lazy, too. Like, that that doesn't, that's not fair. But and, and, we're well, getting it, too you're talking about, you're, no, no, I'm saying you're talking about last week with Gianna Han, by the way, who suffered a concussion, unfortunately, after he got a puck in the head. Uh, yeah, I last, at, at practice this week, I heard about that. It's, that's really a shame. Um, hope she gets better soon. But she was the one who went on Twitter and said, like, you know, we're just trying to do our job here and all that stuff. And I didn't think that the answers responses were were that bad. We were we were actually just wrapped up pod, at, at doing the pod when that we got that stuff came out. But that, that's not my place to comment on that because that's that's her opinion on that. And she's trying to do her job and she's not able to do her job with that because, you know, that's the case. I'm not getting into those weeds. But the the, the point I'm trying to make is that. Tortorella's focus is on trying to get this team in the right direction. I'm not anti-beat reporter by any means at all. Do I like the fact he said, you're asking me dumb questions? No, I, I get that's a little rude. I get that. But at the same time, he's looking at perspective. Guys, you know, I'm not going to answer some of these questions. And I, you, his whole idea is watch that. When he's one of those moods, it's watch the game. Watch the game report on it. Watch the game report on it. Like, that's his way. Because he's basically saying that, well, you saw what I saw. You can write whatever you want. But you know what? I thought they played well. I saw this. I saw that. All that stuff. You write whatever you want. He's That's his way of saying, let's move on. You don't want to sit here. And do, now, he'll go in from the pregame conferences. And he'll go down in the breakdown and the detail. And he'll give a lot more insightful thoughts on it. And I respect that completely. But after a game, when you're on that bench for 60 minutes trying to get that team going. And you're so damn close. And you don't come up with a result. You're a, a guy as fiery as him. You're, you're pissed off on the inside. You got to be. And he shouldn't be behind the bench if he's not. So do I like the way that he went about it? No. But do I see the reason why he went about it? Absolutely. Because all his message wanted to be was, look, they played their asses off. That's all that fucking matters right now. I'm out of here. I'll give, I'll give you that. I, honestly, this is not going to be the first or the, this is not the last press conference with John Terrell that we're going to talk about. And we'll talk about this again probably by the time. We record our episode one. It's it's pretty bad that we have to because the team where the team is at right now. I mean, they're only five points out of a playoff seven spot. That we have to spend yeah seven. Sorry, they're only seven points out of a playoff spot. But you know, because they're rebuilding, we have to sit here and focus on press conferences about the coach. I mean, that's that's where we're at right now, Bill. But that's the reality of the situation. But again, they're only five points out of the playoff spot. Uh, seven points. So let's take a look at that light at the end of the tunnel. I'm tired of the light. The, the light is death. Go towards the light. All right, I'll go. All right. But please please don't. I don't feel like doing this by myself. <laughs> All right. That's gonna I like it. having you around, Bill. Uh, you know, it's actually kind of nice, you know? I'll stick around. Okay. Uh, that is going to do it. Thank you so much for listening. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. Links in the bio below at Orange and Backcheck on any of the social media platforms. Orange and Backcheck podcast. Orangeandbackcheck at gmail.com. If you have a contribution to the podcast, we'd love to read your thoughts. I mean, that... Another, another losing streak's underway. Here we go. 
And you got the defending champs in Washington coming up uh, before you hit the road here. So good luck. We'll talk to you next week. Bill, you made a lot of dumb comments tonight. Are we done? We're done. Ha, ha, ha.